0: Hello creative people, welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Elle Browning. Elle is an executive business coach, a licensed massage therapist, and a visionary entrepreneur with over a decade of experience in the wellness industry. She offers online coaching programs to help Healers and wellness professionals know how to create, market, and sell their first online course. Elle, welcome to the space.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Can you hear me?
0: I can. Hello. Hello. So nice to have you here.
1: Hello. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for that awesome introduction.
0: Yeah, well, no problem. It's all you. So I want to welcome those that are here live. Thank you so much for being here. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below where we can see them. So, Elle, I read the tiniest bit about you. So could you please give us a little bit more about yourself before we dive in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, I'm a licensed massage therapist, a coach, and a business consultant. And so... um, Uh, okay okay um so i'm a licensed massage therapist a coach and a business consultant and uh for most of my career i'd say for the last decade or so i was a licensed massage therapist um owned a massage therapy company where i employed a team of therapists that worked for me and then when the pandemic hit um, I had been for a long time been looking at the online space, and I had been wanting um, an opportunity to really take healing work and to spread it um, around the globe to a broader audience, and to facilitate other healing artists in doing that work as well. I had been seeing what a lot of coaches were doing in the online space, um, and I wanted to be able to participate in that. So for the last two years, I have been mentoring and coaching and working with other healing artists and wellness professionals to take the healing work that they do and share it with a broader audience. And I think, you know, the world needs a lot of healing right now. It historically always has. Um, and so the timing of it is, uh, is pretty perfect. And I think that really dovetails into this conversation of creativity because um, I think the world needs a lot of creativity right now, too.
0: Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I th- and I think it's all the creativity is there. It's the acknowledgement of the creativity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's yes. that's where that's where I come from. Is wanting to shine a light on the fact that it's there. It just goes beyond this societal definition that we've stamped of being that it's about drawing or painting. Yeah. Creativity is in is life
1: yes I, 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 I totally it. agree I was thinking about your question I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here about how do I define creativity and I, I really think that's it I Wait. think it's oh do yeah, you yeah. yes. want me hold up hold up okay hold okay, up. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> little teaser there everybody so yes that's <laughs> so exciting okay <laughs> so let's start off with our would you rather and then we'll get into the the meaty bits sure um Okay, so, L, here we go. Would you rather always need to shout when you speak or whisper?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think whisper. And I think that's because I've also seen that it's, like, low-key kind of, like, um, it makes people lean forward and, like, yes. tune into what you're saying. Whereas I think shouting um, – could get really abrasive real quick. I think that would annoy, I would annoy myself if I had to do that. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's funny. And I like how you described it because that was my initial um, response to, and the people yeah. listening, feel free to put your answer in as well. Because um, when you're whispering, it, it is true. They lean in and it's like this little secret. And um and in the classroom, so often when I felt like I was, when I had to shout or I felt the need to shout because nobody was listening, mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets lost. It's just noise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ironically, like speaking at a lower volume and more slowly actually can um, have a bigger impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I used to go in with my um, one of my re- artists in residencies I did years and years ago, and I just found it was so effective. And I did it in other spaces, where and of course there were kindergartners, so everything is magic. But I'd carry my magic bag from room to room because I was art, art art in a bag, not art on a cart. And um, <laughs> so I, I had everything, and I'd sit down, and they'd be on the rug, and and I'd say. I brought my magic bag. Do you want to see what's in it? And they'd all lean forward and they'd be like, Oh yes. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm like, I can't take it out yet. Cause first we're going to go over this, but then I'm going to pull, I'm going to show you what's inside the bag. So, um, yeah, it was always fun.
1: I love that. Like I'm getting excited about the idea of a magic bag. (laughs) I'm thinking about my nieces and nephew. I'm like, they would love that
0: it's there is god bless you it's it's that magic element the you know especially this was like a big bag only people who live in the city can understand it's like one of those um big bags that's plaidish.
1: yes um, i know, the, know.
0: <laughs> either have on wheels or the handle yeah For grocery shopping <laughs> exactly grocery shopping
1: in brooklyn yes
0: <laughs> there we go city people who can relate <laughs> It is not a suburban thing. It is a city thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love this idea of magic. I was, um, a friend of mine just sent um, like 10 minutes ago an article about, um, I'm of Irish ancestry, and it was about how um, a lot of Irish people still believe in fairies and will even... um, keep pieces of like certain trees up or like ring forts they believe that fairies live there and so they'll build like highways around them because they don't want to mm. upset the fairies but anyway i just love this whole idea of magic and what's possible and how that's linked to creativity
0: mm. so then here we go and i love that idea that's such a beautiful thing that you just said i appreciate that the fairies and building highways in the respect because in whatever you believe there's always going to be the people that are going to be like, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about, fairies? <laughs> yeah. And then there are the people that are like, yeah, there's fairies. and But that's respect. So whatever, yeah. whether you believe in it or not, it's treating something with a respect. Mm-hmm. And so what if you don't believe in it? It doesn't affect you. It has nothing yeah. to do with you. How they built the highway. That's how they built the highway. You didn't have a say in that anyway. Like, yes. it, it's yeah. just just leave them alone. <laughs> if it makes them happy,
1: it makes them happy.
0: That's
1: not right. affecting you. That's right.
0: So anyway, okay. So a little reset. I want to thank everybody for being here live. Um, please feel free to put any questions or uh, comments in the chat box where we can see them. So first official question, L is how do you define creativity?
1: Yes, I think this is an awesome question. Um, And how I define creativity is life force energy. I think creativity is a generative force that creates more of life, not less of it. And I think... Oh, sorry,
0: go ahead. No, 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 that's powerful. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, and I think so, like, so I've always considered myself an artist in terms of, you know, the traditional way that folks would define it in terms of painting and dancing and things like that. But, but as I became um, a massage therapist many years ago, I saw how that is also a truly creative um, discipline, I guess. Um, and in working with bodies and working with you know, human beings and all of the whole universe that's contained in the mind, body, spirit of a human being, I just really came to recognize how every single human being, just just our bodies and our being, is creative. Like cells regenerating is creative. Like we are creative beings, whether or not we're trying to be. We are just these life-generating, um, resilient, powerful beings without even trying. Like that's just that's just how we were born. That's what we were designed to do.
0: I love that. Yes. And I'm just like having like an image of, so when you're, because I've received massages, when someone is laying on a table, I mean, the human form is pretty amazing.
1: Yes, it
0: is. So here you are tuning in using I'm, ask, I'm saying, but I'm asking, there's so much intuition in the process. You may have a way that you do things of, okay, I start here and then I go here and then I go there. But there is, and I'd love to hear more from you about this intuition of feeling where the energy is on people and what needs to be released and all of that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's a big metaphor for something even bigger, but that it's like, if we stop and pay really close attention and listen um in a metaphorical sense like the body knows what it needs and if we give it attention and um acknowledge it it often will correct itself it just wants to be acknowledged so if you have an area of tension or an energetic blockage for example if a massage therapist or body worker or doesn't even, you don't even have to use your hands, you can use words. If you just acknowledge it and say, I see that this is here. Mm-hmm. And you provide an alternative and a support and resource, a, a suggestion of this doesn't need to be this way. So in the body that can look like structurally, you have an area of the body that's all like knotted up. The connective tissue is really tight. It's been bearing too much weight because another part of the body has forgotten that it can also share some of that weight. So um, a gentle loosening of the restrictions gives the opportunity for a redistribution of balance. And that creates, it's like, and that's what the body wants. Like the gentlest suggestion, it will go, it will, given alternatives, it will go back to a state of um, balance and flow. Mm.
0: so initially I don't know if this is repetitive and maybe as I speak it will see if it makes sense but so when you were saying that the body just forgets so there's like this power of suggestion Mm -hmm. so when you are to say like something about even acknowledging the blockage so then is it like a mind-body connection is it that once you say this to a person they hear it and then it releases to their body or it's just putting it out there that the body because we are energy is receiving that and then can start to Um let me make balance. sure I'm
1: asking the question. Are you saying like does it need to be like verbally spoken? I or? guess
0: I guess it's what I'm saying is that like when you're when you're talking to a person and you're saying before you even touch them. It's kind of like you get a sense that there's even by the way that they're standing or you can see that there's off balance, that there could be a blockage. So by you verbalizing and saying to the person, you know, that there's maybe a blockage here and you're going to work on that, does the mind immediately kind of, because the person heard that, it kind of sends a message to the body before you even touch them?
1: I think it can. I think on a deep level, whether the, I think usually the client has come in in the first place because they know something's off Mm -hmm. because they're asking for like, they, like they know, they may not know exactly what, what the specific thing is, but they have a sense that something is amiss. Mm
0: -hmm. Like that
1: something isn't flowing in the way because they can feel it, that it doesn't feel they're not as they're not at ease in some way or another. And so, yeah, I think the acknowledgement and the it's and just even the witnessing even if as, you know, the person that's there accompanying them as a, um, body worker or therapist, um, even if we don't really, the client has the answer about how to heal. But, um, I think it's even just the act of witnessing can change. And that's even, I believe documented in like quantum physics, right? Like what we just, the act of observing can sometimes change the thing that's being observed. And I think when it comes to, um, the healing arts I think I think witnessing particularly you know we live in like a traumatized world I think so many virtually everyone is living with some degree of trauma and I think just being present and um witnessing actually can change quite a lot mm.
0: so could you please give us a little bit more of the journey um, of what you did. Did you know that you wanted to a, a do massage? Was there stuff that you did? I, I, I know that you were, um, uh, 2016, um, you were at NYU, uh, mm-hmm. just give us a little bit more of your journey. And then I, uh, titled this empowering healers to change the world. I think it's just so important and powerful what you're doing to help people with this mission of good to reach out to more places.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to share. So um I actually started studying Reiki when I was an undergrad at NYU believe it or not I did I got college credits for it like you could you could ask a professor yeah you could be like hey I have this idea for a course so um so that was that was wow way back in I don't know like 2004 maybe um, I was always really really interested in the healing arts and then that sort of evolved. I did the starving artist thing in Brooklyn for a while where I was like I'm gonna be a painter and a nanny um, and then um, I was like you know I actually really am looking for more tangible ways to um, <laughs> earn earn a living and put some good work out into the world so that's when I became a massage therapist in 2010 and built up my private practice, expanded it to, you know, hire a team. And then it's sort of is this idea of creativity and generativity and and life force moving through the business just kept expanding. And I was like, I want to do this more than just serving my local community. I want to look for ways where I can connect with other body workers and healing artists around the world to help take this good work that I know um, is really important this healing work and find a way to empower other healing artists to have to spread that even further and globally. And so, um, you know, initially it start, it started with training my team on, uh, how to grow their own private practices. So I started doing business coaching and consulting in with the therapist that worked for me in my brick and mortar practice. And then, um, You know, over the last few years, it's developed into having an online business where I work with healers around the world to help them develop group coaching programs and online courses so that they can then serve clients around the world sharing their healing work. So what I think
0: is great, and there's so many things in what you just said, but just acknowledging how things evolve Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: not necessarily having to know the how. Yes. Because yes. that's where we get tripped up, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what it's all about, right? Is this coming back to this theme of like allowing this sort of creativity and life force energy to move through and trusting the process. Trusting. Yeah. Do you feel like, I know you've shared a bit with me about your own career journey. It sounds like there are maybe some some similarities there in terms of um, like following the inspiration and what you're being drawn to and allowing that to flow. I think even like the podcast we're talking on right now sounds like a result of that.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 It was very much. um, Okay. So this is my mission. Like I want to expand this definition of creativity. It like literally I just, because, because it's such a strong passion in me um, it's those extremes that kind of irk you (laughs) and you're like, I need to change this. Like yes. when you like when you say your niceties of what you do and then, you know, it'd be like, uh, you know, I'm an art teacher and, you know, I went to art school and people immediately, there's like almost a body, there's a physical body change. So it can yeah. go in a few different directions. There can be almost the, the wall, like the hands that go up, like a guard that are like, I don't know how to draw or paint. Um, or there's the person that's like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to do something, but you know, I haven't had the time and da, 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 da. So, um, I was like, you don't have to. And for the people that are saying, I don't know, have to know how to, or I don't know how to draw our pain. I'd say, well, what do you like to do? I'd like to switch the conversation yes. or what do you, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm in sales. Well, oh my God, you create every day. I mean, you're using your voice to shape conversations, to talk to yes. people, to know how to talk to people, to problem solve. To work, to collaborate with others, to take something that didn't exist to exist. Like, there's so many aspects of what you do. Like, creativity is the formation of an idea or an object if you look it up. So, it's what we're doing all the time. And then people are like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. Wow. So, in having these conversations, then I, when the podcast idea, I'm not a person that, straight up honest i'm not a person on most things when i i want to do it so i will just do it and then i will figure it out yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i'm an action taker so we'll figure it out and um but let's just get it started instead of just ruminating in my head mm-hmm.
1: um
0: so this has had a few different iterations um it's been like three or four years it was written and then facebook lives and it's been a live audio podcast for like the last two years
1: Wow. That's incredible. I give so much credit. I think, I think this is how I know others have said, this is how like confidence is born by taking action. And I think it's how you learn the quickest is by just doing the thing. Like, um, you know, insight is gained from, from taking action, not from like ruminating and thinking about it. Like, so often we think like, oh, I'm gonna, um, think about it real hard and then I'll be ready to go do the thing but I have so much respect for you just going and doing the thing and then gathering the information and learning the things you need to learn to be able to continue to be successful.
0: Well, thank you. But I think that's, I mean, and not to say that there aren't other parts of my life where my husband's like, would you just do it already? But but there are certain things like this where it's like, I don't have seasons. I don't have it transcribed. I don't have, like, people are like, Do you have the right mic? Do you have the right headphones? Do you have the right? I'm like, I honestly have my son's laptop and I have beat headphones. And this is how we're going. (laughs) Like, this is because I just want it to be, I don't want to get caught up in that energy. And it's not to say that anything's wrong with it. And it's not to say that. Things won't go that way. It's just, I just want to do and have these conversations and meet incredible people like you and hear about your journey and collaborate and connect because that's what I think it's, that's what it's about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of, you know, I know we're expanding the notion of creativity and then I, I would say also like what it means to be an artist maybe, but I feel like that's what it takes to be, um to to produce anything new that is interesting like as an artist as a creative person it takes that willingness like you have to be willing to risk do we drop f-bombs here i don't know yes you can yeah you have to risk fucking up yeah to be able to do anything truly new Mm -hmm. or like innovative and i have a lot of yeah i have a lot of respect for that
0: we need to, right? That's how things, like you said, that's how things get invented. That's how things get done. If we play it safe and look at what everybody's doing, um, all the time, then nothing new comes from that. I mean, there are so many different iterations of these things. It's hard. It's like when people say nothing new is really being created, there's like different variations of it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, that come about. I mean, you just have to put your personal spin on things and just show up.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. Put your personal spin on things and just show up.
0: I don't know. So I want to hear more about, so what you're doing. So what do you find with, because in calling this empowering healers to change the world, Mm -hmm. do you find that there's a certain mindset in people who do consider themselves to be healers, to be able to promote themselves?
1: Yes. Yes. And it's twofold. First, I have to address the word healers because I know that it's like triggering for a lot of people because I think there are some people who like, I guess, misuse the word Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: use, you know, these are folks who are um, doing, uh, uh, misusing positions of power, I guess, and making false claims about their ability to heal other people. I think we all know those are charlatans and we can put them in a different category. So I Mm -hmm. I want to acknowledge that. But truly, people who are healers are really just they facilitate the healing of others, which is ultimately an inside job, right? So we're just holding space for other people. But to answer your question, is there a personality that comes? Yeah, with like being able, especially on in the online space, with being able to promote yourself, I think um, I think it takes a certain amount of. Um, commitment to the vision of what you're wanting to create and a willingness to put it out there. And I know you and I had talked in sort of our pre conversation about particularly in the online space that um, it can be tough and like developing a thick skin is um, part of the, part of the work, Um, putting yourself out there so publicly and um, having that degree of visibility. And I work mainly with women who are healers and there's there's a fair amount of um inner work that often needs to be done around getting feeling safe enough to be that visible
0: it's interesting because my next multi-author book is actually called uh invisible no more stepping into the spotlight
1: (gasps) no get out (laughs) that is is so cool i just got chills that is so cool That it, is so. It, cool. is, it is. So
0: I have 18 incredible contributors that are sharing and, uh, you know, uh, their stories based off what that means to them. Um, wow. So it's going to be freaking powerful. It's coming out in April.
1: Oh, that's incredible. Well, I, I look forward to reading it. So this is so, so clearly this is something that you come across as well. This notion of um, stepping into greater visibility and using your voice, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? What have you found in cultivating that? It's so much about,
0: it's so much about, um, there's various reasons why people fall into this, but I think it's the same categories of worthiness, basically. Like Mm -hmm. people don't feel worthy for various reasons. um, And the worthiness keeps people small for those triggers, for, for those experiences in life that led them, that are part of their story that led them to where they are. Um, and also what I've realized is that just because somebody, so there's so many different takes on the word being invisible, because there can be the literally not being heard, not being seen because of trauma, because of, um, because of divorce, because of what was said when you were younger, and it's something that you held on to, and believe that is truth to actually being on a stage and people believing that you're being seen, but they're not really seeing you.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: Which I didn't so much think about before. I thought about that, but I didn't really think about it. And when one of my contributors wrote something to that effect with that story of you know, people were surprised how she'd be the she'd be the person sitting in the the kids sitting in the corner reading, that would then not talking to anybody consistently and then would jump up on stage and like do her thing with power and like loud voice and duh and then go back to the corner and get the book and continue reading, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this invisibility, I think, is just—it um, just means I love just exploring topics and and getting people's take on it. I was incredibly shy as a kid, um, and it was it was the kind of shy that my face would turn. I say purple, even though it would be various shades of red. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. would be like, and it wasn't the pretty kind. It was like hivey and blotchy and horrible, and it kept me small for a very long time. Um, and even, I mean, it still happens now I can blame it on menopause, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) there's all different reasons you can blame something on (laughs) now we're in the menopause. My kids just say hot flash mom. I'm like, yep, (laughs) 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 that is real. But, um, yeah. So because of how it played out in my life, of course, we are our own best clients. So I was like, I want to hear what other people think of that. So on the topic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much there. And I think, you know, so many people can absolutely relate to that. And I think like, that's an important piece to acknowledge in terms of, I think like in an ideal world, right. Everyone's fully empowered and in touch with their creativity and allowing sort of like, what is your own unique offering to, to the world to, to flow through you freely. But these are some of the things that absolutely come up on the way to doing that. And so yes. I love that you've like cultivated, um, you know, this circle of women to write about it and to release this book, because I know it's something that I see popping up all the time. And, and also, you know, personally as well, I still feel shy, sometimes even though i i you know do a lot of um a lot of what feels like very public work on social media but i think i think even personally that issue of you know feeling safe being that visible and to your point being actually who you really are like your true self um in 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 the public sphere
0: Yeah, well, there's a point to where it's like, when do you need to be your true self, and when do you have this persona? Mm. Yeah, it's there's so many layers to it and so many levels to it. But what I really love that you're doing with your with your people because, and I really appreciated your distinction that you made in that word healer because, yes, I can see how that would be a trigger um, in certain ways, but In order, because I know for um, people who are mediums and people who have these different kinds of abilities, not saying, anyway, Mm -hmm. people with these different kinds of abilities, they feel bad charging and they don't know Mm -hmm. what to charge.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, there's a certain mindset. There's a certain mindset in that where, um, do you find that a lot where people are like, I, you know, they they don't see the worthiness in themselves.
1: Yes. And I feel like, Oh, goodness. I, I see so often in people who are in helping and caring professions um, a, a hesitance to to charge an amount that's commensurate with the value that's provided in this service. And I think there's a lot of reasons for it. And I think a lot of it is that... Um, people who are drawn to helping and caring professions. And I don't exclude myself from that. Um, a lot of times, if you look back uh, to childhood, that's how we belonged to our families. It's like we were we were helpers and carers, and that's part of how we belonged and what we did to survive. And so for adults to then say, um, you know, you, you don't have to ha- play out that whole dynamic, like you can actually receive back, um, what you're giving and charge money for it, it can sometimes right. feel like there's like a disconnect and people don't understand because it's just been so ingrained that like, this is something we do for free. Like this is something that is actually doing it for free is linked to, to some degree, our senses of belonging and survival. And so it's, um, it's a bit of a switch, but then it also, when we can make that switch and sort of heal those pieces, it creates more balanced relationships with the people we serve because we're not, um, because we are coming from a fully like empowered adult place where we're you know, showing up as, as uh, professionals with the services that we provide. Mm.
0: I'm writing this down because I wanna, I, I love, mm, okay. My words get all jumbled, sorry everybody. So, <laughs> um, So roles, it's so true, the healing aspect. It is that was often our role and it, it's ingrained in our childhood, in our life. We were the person that was there to help other people. We were the person that was the listener, the, the you know, the safe space.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and then when you said, then when you're showing up in the empowered adult and professional space, that distinction is power right there.
1: Yes, yes. And if we show up, so if we show up in a in a space where. Or from a place professionally where we are over delivering and giving more than um, we are taking from that dynamic with our clients we're actually setting up a parent-child dynamic because the only relationship in the world where one party gives more than the other takes is a parent-child <laughs> relationship and the reason why it's because our parents give us life and that's the only reason we it's it can never be reciprocal no matter how hard we try we couldn't ever as children give that back so that can play out in helping and caring professions where if we undercharge our clients we're actually unknowingly resetting up a parent child dynamic where we're the parent they're the child and then i see this happen time and again and then the healing the the helpers the people in the therapeutic role wonder why their clients aren't showing up as adults. <laughs> like, why aren't they keeping their appointments? Why aren't they making payments on time? It's like, well, because <laughs> we've recreated a parent-child dynamic. So, yeah.
0: Oh my God, do you hear that, everybody? That is so powerful. And so I have not looked at it from that angle. And you are, yeah, you're exactly right. So it is. And then you get angry. You want to have a tantrum. It's kind of like this... Mm-hmm. This, you're frustrated. You're like, ah, all these feelings. And it is. It's a parent-child relationship.
1: Yeah. And in order for clients to really receive um, the work and to really um, participate in that, like they need to be adults. We both need to be adults in this relationship in order for it to be successful, um, for everyone to get what we're intending out of it. Um, so this is something that I say, you know, to the folks that I work with, it's like, so it's not about charging exorbitant sums of money. It's about charging an amount that's fair and honest for the work that you do, because if you undercharge, it's actually a disservice to clients. Now, I'm not saying that we can't, you know, do some pro bono work or sliding scale or something like that, but the client needs to have skin in the game.
0: Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed.
1: And I also want to cite too, that these ideas, um, I'm a student of family constellations. I'm doing a facilitator training right now. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a therapeutic healing modality. So a lot of these ideas come from that philosophy. That's where these come from.
0: Mm, I haven't heard of that before. I'll have to check that out. Cool. Yeah, it's cool.
1: It's, it's, a, it's an interesting philosophy.
0: So before we move on to the second question, as we're already getting like to the top of the hour, oh, um, sure. <laughs> I, we could just keep talking and talking. So, um, I would love to hear briefly what you think of the word empath.
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, I consider myself an empath. Um, I do think, I think so many things, um, a lot of it, a lot of what I think of the word empath has actually changed in the last two years. Um, I consider empaths like kindred spirits. I feel like often when we dig deep into an empath's childhood, there's often um, significant trauma and a high degree of sensitivity can become um, like a survival tactic, like a survival response. And so... um, I, I feel a lot of uh, empaths mm. are kindred spirits. And also I have learned um, in the online space from a marketing perspective that like in all human beings, I used to actually market specifically to people who self-defined as empaths. Mm-hmm. And I learned that that can get various different kinds of people. And that's people who are empaths who... Have done a lot of inner healing work around um, their past, and then some who have not, and so it's um, can be interesting territory to get into. But I'm mm. curious what do what does the word empath mean to you? What do you think of that?
0: A sensitive person, someone who takes on things that aren't takes on feelings that are not theirs. Mm and integrates it into their system to almost believe that it's theirs when it's not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's such a beautiful, succinct definition. I don't know if you're thinking, <laughs> I don't, don't know. Brevity is not my strong suit. But. That's just,
0: no, but I love how you said it, but that's just kind of what came to me. It's just funny. It made yeah. me think of, so my daughter and I are, <laughs> we're both very um, we're both empaths and or um, uh, driving and I saw something in a distance and I wasn't sure what it was. And it ended up, it was a crow. I need glasses, which isn't something you should say as you're driving, but I need <laughs> to pick up my glasses. And so I'm like, Skylar, what is that? Is that, and she's like, it's a crow. And then the crow was like moving towards, well, there was a dead animal in in the lane which is what we drove right over and it was like oh, wow. it was already dead but the crow was working its way over too so at the same time I tell the story because at the same time my daughter and I start screaming we're like ah <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're like oh my god my feet hurt my feet hurt it's like tingling and like my whole body is like Ugh. and we're just wow. kind of I'm like shake it off shake it off I'm like wipe it down wipe it down just brush it off it's not ours it's not ours and um and it was just at the same time we were just both screaming but we but that's very very distinctly because we are both feeling it in our body and feeling bad wow. because we rode over it but then feeling the energy in our body and then I just like just brush it down and release it not ours not ours wow and
1: um yeah <laughs> i wonder too because i feel like i feel like these you know empathic um tendencies like run run in families too and i wonder if it's like some sort of like epigenetics it's like a response it's like something that has been cultivated over generations mm. out of necessity and then it's like just like our nervous systems are wired that way i don't so. know like maybe it's not about a specific thing that happened like even in this lifetime but maybe like something happened to our great 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 grandmothers And now we, like, carry it in our bodies as, like, a survival instinct. I don't know. But that story is wild about you and your daughter. (laughs) But that's what's beautiful is that whole
0: thing of holding on. It's so – when somebody brought that up about the whole generational, like, I've always heard that term. But then when I really started to really hear more about it, that whole generational aspect is so freaking amazing because our great, 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 great grandparents, it's the whole – birthing processes and passing things along. And it's, yeah, Yeah. we go, it's just what we hold. And if you're a believer of, you know, reincarnation, whatever you, there's just so many aspects to things that are beyond. It's that, it's that force. Like you said in the beginning, it's that, it's that life force energy. It's just, it's pretty beautiful.
1: Totally. And I think amazing things happen. When we can just get out of the way of that.
0: Yeah. And I'm yeah. still
1: trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> you
0: know? But it's, we, we all are. And the, I think those are the people that are being honest. When we say that we're really working on how do we get at those, we're showing what we're working on ourselves and we're honest. The people that are just like, I haven't figured out and da, 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 it's like bullshit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's like a lack of trustworthiness there, right? Where like people who claim to have it all figured out, we're like a deep part of ourselves. We're like, we know that's not true. Yeah. Like it can't possibly be true.
0: Yeah. 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 It can't. Yeah. So, okay. So let's hear a little bit more. How do you um, incorporate creativity more into your own life, both personal or with work and whatever you want to share?
1: Yeah. So, So, I feel like to stay with this idea of it being sort of like life force energy flowing through, I feel like we can't help but be creative to some degree, right? Like I said, like the cells regenerating in my body, I feel like that's creative. Mm -hmm. Um, These days, it comes out a lot in my work um, in terms of conversations with my coaching and consulting clients. I think it also, um, I incorporate creativity into my life through, like, different posts on social media and, like, workshops that I'll do. But I think mm-hmm. it can even come down to basic things about, like, you know, don't, I mean, you can laugh, but, like, <laughs> my partner and I will, like, sing songs to our dog. Yeah. Like, that we make up. I thought we, we were the only weird people that did this. Oh, my God, there's a secret. whole <laughs> there's what we do for our pets <laughs> yes well I saw a tiktok about someone singing a song to their dog and I said to my partner I was like we're not the only ones other people do this too. <laughs> but it's little stuff like that That honestly like them being really true like I think that like that's some aspect of creativity like yeah. you just you know um, in the tiniest little ways. And I also confess to some guilt over not incorporating creativity in some of the ways that I feel like used to be more, like or more traditional, like, for example, painting in my studio, a little studio space, it's a little corner of my bedroom. But, um, you know, I think I think acknowledging the other ways that I that I do right now is good. And thank mm-hmm. you for that opportunity. Um well, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I would like to get back to, you know, still doing more painting and playing violin and, and stuff. But she so played violin. Yes. Yes. For a really long time. I haven't, the strings broke, so I haven't picked it up in a while. But um, when I was, when I was a kid and in high school, um, I played quite a bit, um, which I loved. I just, you know, loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm curious, how, how about you? How do you incorporate creativity into it? I mean, I can tell clearly this podcast is one example, and <laughs> you know, working with people to write books. But what else?
0: Yeah, well, first I appreciated what you said because this is the whole point of this is when you when you pointed out conversation, how you work with your clients, social media, your workshops. It's acknowledging those aspects in your everyday right there that um are so important so thank you mm. for that um what i have become honestly so i'm going to answer this in two parts so what i do for myself for creative expression is music i love listening to music music just like is is a emotion energy booster so um it just helps express whatever mood i'm in mm. um Yesterday, honestly, I found myself in a space where, because I haven't been doing my work as much. I went to school for ceramics, but I haven't done clay in a a little while. And collage has really been um, uh, an expression for me. So I I start, stop, start, stop. But yesterday I was feeling kind of in a funk. And I was like, Hollis, just put on a movie. I love watching romantic comedies. <laughs> and yes. I was like, I am going to work and watch my romantic comedy. And it's amazing how that shift. It's just, yeah. it's just boom. Because it's not about me anymore. It's like release that bullshit and yeah. just get my hands moving, get my get my head into this other space and create something and be allowed to be taken away Um yeah. So my, my own work in that way, um, writing, um, um, morning in the morning, I've been making a much more concerted effort of acknowledging that when I wake up and like Les Brown says, he'd put his feet on the ground and say, thank you. Mm, of that. really acknowledging that and having more of a morning routine. I listen to, um, hope, I, I always, I can't pronounce it for anything, but the Hoponopo where oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And thank you. I listen to that meditation for 12 minutes and sometimes I'm moving around. Other times I'm kind of doodling. Sometimes I'm laying there, just kind of get that into my head and some Abraham Hicks and
1: oh, frequency
0: like music and Just kind of, and it's the everyday. It's becoming more cognizant of those creative aspects of how you, the clothes I put on, how I'm wearing my hair. My earrings are a really big thing for me. Like earrings are my personality. If I'm not wearing earrings, I'm naked.
1: Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. I bet you have a cool earring collection.
0: I, I do. I need more, even though I have a lot because I feel like I'm, picking the same ones a lot but um Mm. yeah but something that my daughter has challenged me so she's the soon to be 19 in a few weeks and she is my constant challenger on uh (laughs) the words that come out of my mouth and even my son he's 22 he says um I'll just put on clothes that are just we go for a walk and it's complete mismatch and then (laughs) (laughs) and then I'll make a joke and I'll be like nice outfit and he goes well why don't you just do what you keep saying you want to do and show up the way you want to I'm like
1: wow
0: I'm like okay I heard you
1: (laughs) (laughs) sounds like you have amazing kids (laughs) I heard you
0: He's like, stop complaining about it and just do what you keep saying. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I can't just make a sarcastic joke about it and whatever. It's just like
1: freaking do it. Yeah.
0: So anyway, that's my whole long answer.
1: No, I love it. I mean, and you've given given me ideas too and even just think, yeah, like how we adorn ourselves as being part of our creative expression. I love that.
0: Tell me about the painting for you. Is it something that you always did? Is it something you did when you were younger? You picked up,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've done it like my whole life. Um, or, you know, I mean, as soon as I had the facility to pick up a paintbrush and paint something Mm -hmm. I, um, so, so my whole life of, I mean, as long, as long as I could talk, I've seen been describing people's auras. Like I see the auras around people's bodies, like the (gasps) energy that comes from them. So mm-hmm. I have had, Hollis, I've had a lifelong obsession with mm-hmm. trying to show other people what I see. Mm-hmm. And so it started as trying to learn how to paint and draw so they could say, this is what, you know, this is the beautiful light that shines from you. This is what you look like. And mm-hmm. what's so freaking awesome is that in recent years, technology has developed where now I've started, this is even just really recently, I've started using photos and the app Procreate and drawing people's auras and what it actually literally looks like.
0: So wait, there's an app called Procreate? Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I have
1: been looking because these machines cost thousands of dollars to translate auras. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So no, let me explain. So Procreate is an app Um, It's an Apple product, but that you can use on like an iPad or an iPhone and you can draw all kinds of amazing stuff with it. Like it has all these incredible capabilities. There's a feature on it where I can like take an actual photograph and I can mess with the exposure and the contrast and I can draw in the auras that I see. (gasps) Oh and it God. actually looks like what I really see. Like my whole life, I've been painting them. I've been trying to approximate and say, well, this is kind of what it looks like, but not exactly. And now the technology is developed where I, there's tools actually where I can actually draw it in. You know, oh I can use gosh. like the spray paint function and then the blur tool and then adjust the colors so that they're just right. And it's actually what it looks like, which is like, I feel a sense of relief where I'm like, yes, oh, I can finally – Show people, it's like a compulsion. I'm like, I really just want to show people what I see because it's really? so beautiful. Because people are so beautiful and they're walking around and have no idea how beautiful they are.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so poetic. What you just said right there is I have been trying to paint my whole life to show people what I see. I just want them to be able to see it. And it, what you said in the relief aspect, that is it's like a weight being lifted off your shoulders, isn't it? It's like, I'm not crazy. Wow. It's like people can actually see this and and understand because people are concrete. There are people that are going to there are certain people you can speak to that are going to get get it and be able to visualize it and be like, oh my god, that's amazing. But other people are going to be like, show me, yeah, show me, and you, you can,
1: yeah. And it's cool too because then I notice for some people there's a sense of relief also seeing their own aura. I mean, not everyone's into it. Not everybody cares, but for the people that do, they're like, oh, that's, that's what I look like. You know, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Take another self-portrait. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And when you mentioned about singing to your dogs, (laughs) it's so funny because we are three cats. Do you have, how many dogs do you have?
1: I have, right now we have one.
0: Okay. So we have the three cats and... It's just always, we're always like saying, what do you think their voice would sound like? Or what would they look like if they were human? And we always go through these descriptions. <laughs> and then they just, and our cats really like us to be around. Like they literally greet us at the door like dogs oh, when we come in. I love that. And then they're always sitting with us or sitting on us or following us from room to room. And um, one of our cats, do you know Wallace and Gromit?
1: That I do ended? not. I do not.
0: And it's an animated movie where- um, Uh, It's claymation. So Wallace, um, Wallace is the man who's just kind of like is he kind of does silly things, and Gromit is the dog that is the brain behind everybody. (laughs) And uh, he never speaks because he's a dog. He never makes a sound, but he speaks with his eyes.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice!
0: (laughs) you, You just know exactly everything is the expression on his face, and that's very specifically one of our cats. He'll just look at us like. (laughs) <laughs> it's just the expression is there. I'm like, "Okay, I'm not dumb. Okay, I hear you."
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, their little faces are so expressive. And I and I think this is like it's a, a thing that humans too. I mean, nonverbal communication is huge. There's so much that we can understand from that. And that's one of the things I love about having pets.
0: Yeah. There we go. There's there's the official term, nonverbal communication. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> More professional. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it honestly comes from a, a career of doing body work where there's so, so much nonverbal communication. That's why it was tip of the tongue. Mm. Ooh,
0: so as we're getting to the top of the hour, there's the third question that kind of wraps it all up and puts a nice little bowl on it, which is why do you think creativity is important?
1: Ooh, so many reasons, but the first that comes to mind is I think that creativity is life making more of itself it's it's just it's just life it's just life moving forward and being generative and that's yeah I wish I had a more poetic or great answer no
0: that was life moving forward what was it I like movies so I'm thinking of I quote movies a lot Uh, and the movie The Switch with Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman She's talking and she said, life is in progress. (laughs) Yes. Yes. She's going to have a baby. She's going to get artificially inseminated and she's not married. And he's like, why are you going to do this? And she goes, life's in progress. Life's in progress. It's
1: awesome. He's like,
0: stop saying that. She's like, life's in progress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm also thinking, too, I'm thinking back to to circle back to some of the family constellations philosophy. Part of it too, part of what creativity and creative expression in that philosophy, part of the purpose, it can actually be like an antidote to addiction. So if we think of um, addiction as like your world becomes small, it's, it's something manageable. It's something predictable. The thing you're addicted to, you can rely on, like that is for certain. And when we're trying to overcome certain addictions, which come from a place of saying like, I can't with life, like life is too much. I can't Mm -hmm. possibly meet it. Um, Part of the resources that we gather to be able to overcome addiction and to make our world bigger and to have a greater capacity to meet it is having creative outlets and creative expression, like being able to, um, do creative work. It's like, it scratches this, like the itch. It's like, um, I'm stumbling over my words here, but it, it can be helpful. It can be this light saying yes to life.
0: Yes. There it is.
1: It opens something up. There are different
0: ways. There are different... It doesn't have to be small and predictable that there are alternatives.
1: Mm -hmm. That we can Um, lean on, you know, that are these like resources for us that like feel good to do.
0: And that's the key is feel good. There are times where things are going to be uncomfortable as you're going through these creative expressions because it's, to me, that represents growth. When something Mm -hmm. is... In, in a way where, where your body, speaking in the way that we've been talking about here, is you can differentiate when something feels good and when something feels bad or when something is feeling uncomfortable but good
1: or yes. uncomfortable but
0: bad. Like yes. when, when something is that uncomfortable bad, you're like, then don't do that. Like that's not good. Yeah. You don't have to. But you can feel uncomfortable as hell, but know it's for the greater good and you have to push through it.
1: Totally, absolutely. That's even something that, like, in bodywork, we talk about too. Like, there's all kinds of bodywork techniques, and you, we say to the client, like, there's a difference between a good hurt and a bad hurt, right? Mm-hmm. There's like right. the good that's productive, um, and then there's just, you know, the unnecessarily painful.
0: Right, right.
1: Wow. Can you
0: please tell people how they can find you because they need to.
1: Sure. They can find me at lbrowning.com and they can also just search Facebook or Instagram lbrowning.
0: This has been so much fun. Do you have anything else that you feel like you want to share before we go or?
1: Just heartfelt gratitude, Hollis. Like, Thank you so Mm. much for this conversation. Thank you for having this podcast. Thank you for doing the work that you do.
0: Well, thank you. And same to you. This was so much fun. It was like deep and funny and I learned a lot. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate you taking the hour to to hang out. Of course. Of course. So so thank you to all those that were here live, those catching the replay. This space is all about inspiration, connection, and sharing stories. I believe we've always needed this connection, but we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share, give the the nice testimonials on wherever, it's on every platform so it can just reach more people because we need more people to just feel good um, and know their purpose. So again, thank you. I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world and look forward to connecting again soon. So goodbye, everybody feeling inspired let's just get rid of this throw away this whole perfectionism thing this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything you know what you don't (laughs) let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like it's all part of the process the self-awareness feels so good you feel more connection to yourself connection to others and huh be a happier more joyful person just imagine that so you are where you are in the process so you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace or you can dive right in here at I am creative and Express Yourself publishing we meet you where you are so there are so many ways to check us out explore our experiential kits they have everything in them that you need to try new things you don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore There's creative Shui, which is seven elements to joy and happiness. Through the publishing house, express yourself publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. There is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is imcreativephilly.com so I am creativephilly, phill And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story
1: because we all have one.